When you look back at the career of Mick Foley, many accolades are signposted as to why he is held in such adulation and regard. His name of the hardcore legend was earned through his willingness to put his body on the line through epic battles such as the King of the Deathmatch tournaments in King of the Ring 98, becoming almost the father figure of deathmatch wrestling even if he wasn't the first to bring weapon-based gimmicks to the sport. Foley also proved that a wrestler does not need to have the look of an Adonis to make it in this industry, that a person can still win the love and respect of his peers and fans by looking like an average Joe, while adopting the personality of a complete wild man one minute and a lovable dork the next. But I feel one area of Foley's achievements that can often be underappreciated is his ability to serve as a kingmaker. During his time as an active competitor, there are numerous examples of Foley taking talent on the cusp of being main event players and helping them graduate in a baptism of violence. Think his contest with Edge at WrestleMania 22, or Randy Orton at Backlash 04. In both these situations, they were stars that many had been touted as being the next world champion, but needed that extra something to make them seem worthy in the eyes of the fans. And it was by beating Foley they were forged in fire, thumbtacks, and barbed wire. But no better example of Foley's role as a kingmaker comes in the form of the night of January 23rd, 2000, when Foley not only helped cement a new main event player, he would do so to the eventually self-confessed King of Kings. This is Greg here from the Bearhook Club as we delve into another matches in E2C, Cactus Jack vs Triple H from the Royal Rumble 2000. In the dawn of the new millennium, things could not have been better for WWE. The Attitude Era was at its peak, and the company was about to see endless success with pay-per-view attendance figures and buy rates. They were by this point sitting very comfortably in front of WCW in the Monday Night Wars, continuing to do so until their rival would close its doors nearly a year later. However, as the company entered this new year, it was without its top star who had helped steer the ship into such success. In the previous November, Stone Cold Steve Austin had been written off TV to undergo surgery for a neck issue that had plagued him throughout most of his run at the top of the card. Not only that, stars like The Undertaker were also away at this point dealing with similar injury issues. Without a lot of these talents, the WWE needed some names to fill out the main event scene, and in particular needed that perfect heel character to go against the top babyface, The Rock. Enter Triple H. By this point, Triple H had already been taking strides into the main event scene. He had picked up a second run as WWE Champion on the New Year edition of Raw is War. He was involved in the biggest ongoing storyline at the time, which had seen him marry Stephanie McMahon and oust her father from power in what would become known as the McMahon-Helmsley era. It was also around this time that Triple H struck his famous promo, which led him to taking on the moniker of The Game. I don't need anybody else, JR. This is about me. I don't need to be in a clique anymore. I don't need to be in DX anymore. This is about me. It's about me reaching my goals. You know, and while we're at it, this goes back a long way, JR. This goes back to the click. This goes back to Madison Square Garden. Me walking in the ring and saying goodbye to my friends. That's four years ago. You're damn right it's four years ago, and every day it's eating a hole in my stomach, JR. Every single day. Watch your language a little. What, you, you want me to shoot with this interview? I'm going to 
and shoot with it. I'm going to tell you how I feel, whether you like it or not. It's about four years ago, Madison Square Garden. I walked to the ring to say goodbye to my friends, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels. Who got punished for that, JR? Me. I did. You know why? Because you didn't have the Nobody in the office had that to do it to anybody else. They did it to me. Why? Because I was the easy one. I was the one that would take it. Good old Triple H, he'll rise to the occasion later on. Don't worry about it. He'll come through. We can take care of that now, punish him, get rid of that. He'll come back later. Well, you know what? That makes me sick in my stomach. Every time I look at you guys, it makes me sick to think what you did to me, holding me back. You guys talk about being students of the game. I am the game, JR. There is nobody that eats, sleeps, or breathes this business more than me. Helmsley also made perfect sense to be set up as the main foil for The Rock. The two had previous chemistry when they were the highlights of the mid-card, warring over the Intercontinental title during the DX vs. Nation of Domination feud a year or two prior. But whereas The Rock had reached the main event level, Triple H was yet to find his true footing, especially in the eyes of the fans. All the pieces were there, it just needed that extra something to get him over the edge. That extra something, or rather someone, was Mick Foley. Foley had an interesting 1999. He'd start the year as WWE Champion, embroiled in a big feud with The Rock. Following this, Foley would continuously flip between the main event scene and some largely forgettable mid-card feuds involving the likes of Big Show and Val Venus. But when he was in the main event scene, he was creating absolute gold dust, as the year would also see him form one of the most memorable strange bedfellow tag teams with The Rock, that being The Rock and Sock Connection. His random tandem would have undeniable chemistry as a team. The two would go on to make history with their This Is Your Life segment, which became the highest rated segment in Raw's history. But towards the end of the year, Foley was realising he was soon needing to retire. By his own admission, he was very banged up, with the punishment his body has taken over the years finally catching up to him. He had started to realise he had developed cognitive problems by forgetting simple things and was having issues spelling certain words. However, Foley delayed his plan to retire, believing the WWE might suffer with too many stars disappearing from the product at the time. Foley decided to stick around a while longer, and in doing so he would continue his feud that had been brewing against the game. Triple H and his DX cronies had been getting the better of Foley, who was in his Mankind persona at the time. The last row of 1999 had seen the McMahon-Helmsley regime of terror place Mankind in a pink slip on a pole match against The Rock, which Mankind would ultimately lose seeing him kayfabe fired from WWE TV for a couple of weeks. Foley would return, but during a skirmish on Raw, Triple H would leave him a bloody mess following a shot with the ring bell. Having got the better of Foley at nearly every turn, Triple H appeared on the January 13th, 2000 episode of SmackDown to mock him further, only for Mankind to interrupt, explaining that an old friend would be stepping in to take his place at their upcoming showdown. Triple H! How much more do you want from me? First, you take away my job. Then you bring this idiot out there and you take away my dignity. Then Monday night, you take me and you ruin my face. And I'll be honest, you are the best in the business right now because you are without a doubt the game. So it saddens me to say that after the beating you gave me on Monday night, 
one thing mankind is not is ready to face you in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. What I'm going to do, Triple H, is I'm going to name him right now. As a matter of fact, I think you know the guy. This return of Cactus Jack was masterfully done, with particular props going to Triple H for how he sold the arrival of a ghost from his past. Foley has gone on record a few times to say that this is what really helped sell the match, as if Triple H had reacted in the wrong way, it would have placed the hype and feud dead in the water. As the pair made their way down the aisle of Madison Square Garden, it was clear the fans were at fever pitch to see Cactus Jack tear the game apart. The following contest is a street fight for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Look at this. And the mind games have begun. Trying to psych out Triple H, trying to psych out the game. That don't that don't happen, Cactus Jack. I don't think. But is, is Triple H is this having some sort of effect on oh, here we go? I don't know what Cactus Jack had to say to the champion, but the talking has stopped. The action has begun, and the street fight for the WWE title is underway. Standing face to face in the ring, the pair exchange a few heated words before the punches quickly follow. It doesn't take Cactus long to gain the upper hand, throwing the famous forearms and getting the game to the ground. What becomes immediately apparent is the shape that Foley got himself in for this match. Around three months prior, he was this broken down and out of shape performer with eyes on retirement. But knowing how important this match would be, he really put in the effort to get ready for it, arguably reaching one of the best physical shapes he had in his whole career. It doesn't take long before the implements come out to play, as when the pair spilled the outside, Triple H clocks Cactus with the ring bell in a nice little callback to the feud. Calling this a fight feels slightly misplaced, as it resembles more of a scrap, with the bout living up to a street fight stipulation. The opening moments of this match sees them battle through the crowd in the entrance way. In fact, it would be during the battle on the entrance set that Jack would suplex Triple H onto a wooden pallet, causing bits of splintered wood to stab Helmsley in the calf. Ever the tough man, Triple H manages to battle on though. Given what is to come, this accident actually works in the favour of selling the suffering that the game will soon endure. Up against those brick walls covered with graffiti, they're in the alley. Oh, this is all legal, right in those stack of bricks there. With the WWF champion, he's hitting the bricks. Oh, oh, mankind. What are those called? Those pallets, wooden pallets. Pallets? He's never, guarantee you, Triple H has never seen anything like that in his life. We're talking cliff pallets here. We're talking wooden pallets on a concrete. No, wait a minute, look at that. Triple H is fine, just bounced off those wooden pallets that were placed on the concrete floor. There could be a pin right there, and it would be legal in this street fight. Oh God, there's a manhole cover, JR. This could get real ugly. And kindly drive that taxi right off. 
Right on Triple H, who knows? Watch it! Returning towards the ring, Foley actually pulls off an incredibly rare sight when his running knee into the ring steps actually connects with Triple H. Following this, the main tool of destruction is brought into play, the 2x4 wrapped in barbed wire. Up until this point, barbed wire weaponry had been a pretty rare sight in WWE, with this being the first instance of the iconic Foley weapon coming into fruition. Jack was looking for terrible to refer to him as the king of anything, but if it would be anything that he's the king of, it would be hard to lose it! In typical fashion, however, the move backfires, resulting in Triple H unloading the 2x4 on Jack first. Foley does eventually get to use the weapon to deliver a low blow, followed by a double-arm DDT, which realistically should have been game over for Triple H, but referee Earl Hebner is too distracted with hiding the 2x4 with the Spanish announced team. Many eagle-eyed fans, and those that know, will be aware that an obvious switch happens here. Now, I'm not going to go into detail myself, for those that didn't wish to have any of the mystique spoiled, but a quick Google search will give you some explanation. An irate cactus goes on the hunt for the 2x4, and when retrieving it, starts to lay into Triple H busting the game wide open, with him quickly donning a crimson mask. Cactus, they've given Cactus up! They've given Triple H up! Cactus has got the barbed wire back! Come on, Cactus, don't hit the ring! Go to the ring! And Triple H just took out the ring! Why Phil makes this match stand out, and still sit as a strong benchmark for a gruesome contest, is that the pair go into it with the philosophy of less is more. Matches like this, or the Pat Patterson and Sergeant Slaughter alley fight, understand that a match of this calibre does not necessarily need to rely on an endless stream of weapons, or over the top spots to make the violence stand out. In the minutes following Cactus regaining the 2x4, the pair only introduced one other weapon in the form of a steel chair, and used the environment at hand for an announce table spot to sell some brutality. A couple of actual wrestling moves are thrown in as well, and it all just has a much more effective stance than, say, most modern death matches, which rely on everything and the kitchen sink to try to stand out. After a few minutes, we get another callback introduced into this match, when Triple H handcuffs Mick Foley. A year prior, as Mankind, Foley had had a brutal I-quit match against The Rock at the 1999 Rumble. When he was handcuffed, Foley had taken around somewhere in the region of 10 unprotected chair shots to their head. Staggering out here. Game. What's this? And he just... He grabbed he had, something from he had, Finkel. He had given something to... I don't know what that is, but... What? what? It, my God, it's handcuffs! Handcuffs? It's handcuffs, King! What do you do with handcuffs? I shudder to think. Oh. oh, can you remember last year at the Royal Rumble? Oh, yes! Remember yes, I do! I remember that! Are we going to see that again? Then it was mankind getting handcuffed. Thankfully, Foley doesn't take such an unnecessary risk in this match, but being handcuffed, it allows Triple H to get a few easy punches and weapon hits in on the defenseless Foley. Despite being handcuffed, Jack is able to get a bit of offense in by tripping up the game and even biting him. After leading Triple H up the entranceway, The Rock appears to level the game with a chair shot while a police officer unlocks Cactus so he can be on a level playing field once again. Those brain cells have been scrambled again. 
there are any left, they're scrambling. And look at that. Oh, God, look at Cactus. Look at Cactus. Cactus. He said, you got any more? Hit me. Cactus. Just tell Have you got any more? Is that all you got? Hit me again. Before we get to the closing moments, I want to take a brief moment to say how on point JR and the King are for commentary. Often touted as the best commentary team, this match in particular shows the two at their peak. When firing all cylinders, these two really help make and sell the action in the ring. JR in particular has never sounded better here, and as you'll have heard in the clips already, he packed so many classic calls into this match. After pile driving Triple H onto the announce table, Jack rolls the game into the ring before pulling out a familiar looking bag. And you got a cop waiting uh -oh. out there with him. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. What is that? What the hell is that? Sandbag. Gonna hit him over the head with a sandbag. They've got a way. Is it gonna be bad? I, I, I don't know, King. What? Wait a I, minute. I, I don't know. I don't think. It is. Oh, God. It's, oh, my it's, God. It's thumbtacks. It's hundreds. It's thousands of thumbtacks. Oh, no. Thousands of thumbtacks are strewn about the ring canvas as Cactus gets ready to deliver some evil intentions to the bloodied and battered Triple H. However, like the barbed wire, this Foley staple would only backfire as a clothesline attempt from Foley sees him backdropped into the thumbtacks. The game dangerously close to those thousands of thumbtacks on the canvas. falls into those tacks. It's a, look at that! Ah! Cactus Jack is a human pincushion. Oh, look at the tacks. Ah! All, all over his anatomy, all over his body. Oh my God. After arriving about in pain, Triple H gets Cactus up for a pedigree, which only scores Triple H a two count. After seeming like he won't be able to put down this demon, Triple H gets up for a killing blow, pedigreeing Cactus right into the thumbtacks for the one, two, three. It cannot be understated how dangerous that spot must have been. A pedigree is a pretty brutal move to take in its own right, but doing face down to thumbtacks is just another level. In fact, the obvious comes close to happening, as a thumbtack is embedded deep into Foley's eyebrow following the move. Even with the match over, the action still goes on as a bloody Triple H being wheeled away on a gurney is intercepted by Jack. Rolling him back to the ring, he lands the game with one more 2 by 4 shot to send the Madison Square Garden fans home happy. Wait! He's pushing the game! Oh my god! Captain Jack is not through with Triple H! He's this bringing it back out here! Oh! This war for the WWF title is not over! Get those handcuffs back out! Cuff him! Lock him up! Where's that policeman when you need him? My god, their bodies have been ravaged, but they continue to fight here! Triple H, you gotta get out of there. The thumbtack's on the ring. Oh, he's got the barbed wire again. Cactus has got the barbed wire again. Oh. And right in Hillsley's face. Cactus Jack with a barbed wire. Stephanie, save yourself. The objective of the match was ultimately achieved. Even though the pair would feud well into the next two months, the mission of cementing Triple H as a main eventer was achieved on this night. By having fully dish out the punishment and have the game hold his own, it showed he was deserving of being at this level. The match itself still stands as one of WWE's most brutal outings, 
really not topped until Foley's abilities were called upon again to help a certain legend killer reach a similar pinnacle. With this outing, the Kingmaker gained another excellent bout under his belt, and Triple H began his path towards becoming the King of Kings. Thank you for joining me for another Matches You Need to See. If you want to check out more of this content, visit our website at bearhugpod.wixsite.com forward slash bearhugclubnetwork, where we have a whole section on our website dedicated to matches you need to see. Until then, take care, and I'll catch you next time.